0: Welcome, listeners, to another engaging episode of Scouting for Growth. Today, we have the privilege of hosting Cyril Godino an industry titan whose career spans over 32 years across marketing, sales, business development, and service operations. Having made significant strides in various sectors, Cyril's relentless quest for growth has seen him impact businesses across Europe, Asia, and the United States. Cyril's success mantra has always been to leverage new technologies and data to serve customer needs. His expertise in the area of digitization and IoT is incredible and actually is impactful to transform the landscape of B2B services with specialties in an array of sectors, including strategic marketing, deal closure, and operation services. Cyril is also adept at areas like sales management and outsourcing. Currently, Cyril is contributing to the tech powerhouse called Schneider Electric, or SE, where he has spent nearly 11 years. His significant role involves developing solutions and services, directly impacting the digital transformation of the electronic insurance and inspection ecosystems. His responsibility also lies in leading marketing deployment activities towards strategic accounts to leverage Eco structure IoT solutions ensuring they provide safe, efficient, available and cyber secure electrical infrastructures. In today's, Session, we will be delving deep into Cyril's illustrious career, focusing on his experience at Schneider Electric, a global Fortune 500 company with revenue in excess of 34 billion euro in fiscal year 2022, which ranked 420 on the global 500 list and third on the electrics industry list. We will uncover Seals' insights into evolving market trends, especially regarding the adoption of the new technology and the influence of digital transformation and IoT on the B2B services sector. We will further explore Schneider Electric's structure IoT solutions and understand Seals' vision for the future of the industry. Essie's collaborative approach with tech startups is well known, as well as its ongoing commitment toward building a more electric, digital, and decarbonized world. So buckle up listeners, we are excited and we have an exciting program in front of us to explore Cyril's journey. And getting a peek into the world of SE, a company at the forefront of digital transformation and sustainability too. And so I would ask you make sure to subscribe, rate and comment on this podcast on your favorite podcast channel. We need your votes to grow in scale. So stay tuned for some unique insight, learning and perhaps some wisdom that can inspire you on your own growth journey. And remember, it, if you want to connect with Cyril, you will have to stay until the end of the episode to get details around how to reach, out to him. Until then, let's dive into the fascinating world of digitization, IoT and the future of business development when you actually start combining electronic industry with the insurance industry. So welcome to Scouting for Growth, and let's welcome Cyril. Good afternoon, Cyril. I'm so happy to have you on Scouting for Growth today.
1: Nice to see you again, Sabine.
0: So I want to get started with a little bit of background, because uh, I know you for a little bit. You have 32 years experience across a number of companies and i would love for you to tell us how you combine your marketing self business development and operational skills to be where you are today at schneider electric
1: thank you for insisting on my 30 years of experience um, i would say uh, what's make me a, a bit different is because i've been uh, with uh, uh, the boots on the ground directly with customers at customer size being involved with service operation And I realized that the best way you build long-term relationship with customers is by delivering their expectations. So you need to listen a lot. That's how I move step-by-step into marketing and trying to realize that corporate value, what can we do with what we learn from from customers and specifically in the digitization transformation that we are going through all of us. uh, There is huge opportunity to create a new business model to disrupt the existing one. And it all starts with collecting data. That's what I've learned across those years. Superb. So tell us, what do you do at Schneider Electric?
0: And how have they been able to keep you busy for at least 11 years?
1: Well, I started indeed uh, 11 years in Schneider. Uh, Five years I spent uh, in charge of the solar business services activity where we were operating remotely. Uh, solar PV plants, Uh, we were at some point the second largest operator of solar PV plants uh, in the world by providing um, performance warranty contracts, across full operation of uh, solar plants, managing all the electrical equipment there. And of course, we were able to do that because we had all the infrastructure to to perform the supervision, as well as the skills to fix all the the little problems and so on. And from there, I moved to another role in what we call Ecostructure. Ecostructure is our digital transformation program that helps all market segments to address uh, uh the challenge that they have with digital transformation in their domain but also to bridge with new opportunities new business opportunity how does digitization specifically on the building on the electrical domain but also on the factory etc how does all this digitization the iotization of those domain is going to bring new value for the end client
0: So what is ecostructure? So let's go straight into understanding this term, ecostructure and the IoT services you are providing your customers.
1: Basically, when you are going through a a digital transformation, you have to consider all the impact that this is raising. So if we start ecostructure from our historical product, nowadays, those products need to have sensors. So we need to transform our product to get more sensors in there. And we need also that those products like breakers, transformers, et cetera, are able to communicate with an upper layer that understand the sensors. So you have to agree on a data model, how you collect the data, how the data are being represented. And then once you have those data collected, you need to define how you're going to leverage those data, how you build value for asset management, for performance, for sustainability for safety, for availability, all the value that you want to bring eventually to your customer so that the transformation is very much about aligning everybody according to uh, one structure of, so that's the echo structure one structure of having the right data coming to the right place. But at the same time, it's also our ecosystems of partner that need to evolve to tackle the new complexity of digitization. So we have to have our product to be able to talk together and all the people that are using our product need to understand the digital benefits. They need to step up in competency so that the ecosystem is able to capture the full value of the transformation.
0: So I heard data, I heard sensors, right? And then I'm hearing as well an ecosystem to support this. So do you... Already leverage those three components today at Schneider Electric as you are building the product and services of tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. So that's what we call our third layer of ecostructure. What we call the advisor layer, where we have all the services that we bring advisory services to our customers, and that's include leveraging AI to uh, analyze and crunch the data and bring more value. So we have solution like resource advisors that focus on sustainability. We have power advisors that focus on electrical quality. We have asset advisors that focus on asset lifecycle management. Uh, so we have building advisors that focus on HVAC system. We have every, every segment has its own sets of analytics that is able to leverage those data, because they all come into one infrastructure uh, framework.
0: So do you see that ecosystem and uh, the framework itself where the data is on the edge of the technology? Do you need
1: to do that to make eco structure IoT services work? Well, what you need to to make the data uh, actionable is that they have to come in a standardized data model that everybody can understand and you have to unify the way you collect the data. This is one of the challenges right now is a unification of the data model so that, um, the let's say, if you talk about uh, amps uh, current, electrical current, of course, it's our domain, right? Electrical current could be represented in amps or in milliamps or in kiloamps, you know? So which unit do you use, depending on the device, may change. So at some level, you need to be able to represent the same data with exactly the same thing. Otherwise, you are all confused. When you go to analytics, you are compared... Uh, carrots with chicken right so it doesn't work so that's exactly what uh, most of the effort is really about this unification getting everybody together so that the data can be really leveraged for any sorts of use basically
0: you think that businesses today need to evaluate the ability to look at new standards to make the data and the system you are using we are using more open and interoperable uh, because I assume when you look at United Electric working with other businesses, I feel that potentially data standards are not yet there, right? So do you see this moving forward into much more standardized way of doing things?
1: I think we're coming from an industry where historically uh, uh, the competitors were not in a mode of aligning and they were trying everyone to have his own model. But at the end of the day, a current and remains a current and being able to express a unit that is understandable is inevitable. So this is happening. It's happening domain by domain, piece by pieces. It also depends on um, um, uh, the area that you are working on. So there are some standards that already define a, a way to fully interoperate some ISO standards that fully operate, uh, for example, in the oil and gas industry, how to exchange data and, uh, and so on. So some of the domains already pass that step, but it, it comes with a cost. That's why some other domains, for example, residential, diffuse markets, small commercial, et cetera, nobody's really worth spending the efforts to unify because you cannot easily repeat to, from one customer to another one because the customer doesn't really care about the data model. So so why would you do the efforts to unify if it's a much simpler problem and if the customer doesn't really care about the model? So yeah, large industry, it's ongoing and step by step, it will go down to every type of property, building and so on. It's inevitable.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Because then if we can modularize, then we go into computable um, contracts and we're actually able to really start understanding the power of decentralized Uh, centralized data versus decentralized data and therefore business model which takes me into business models i understand when you look at eco structure you can do a lot with it partly with your internet of things capability tell us about the the business model you see emerging thanks to leveraging the data the iot and the sensors and also the ecosystem
1: very good so we used to serve end clients uh, in every uh, sorts of segments, hospital, retail, data center. I mentioned oil and gas, but of course, residential and so on. And those are what we have in mind as end clients. And what we do see there is that what they are uh, interested in uh, is only a sets of the data that we are able to collect. So what is opening, uh, ecostructure opening opportunities is how could we leverage the data that we collect with these new business models? And in this, we see uh, basically a, a tree domain that can be very interesting related to risk management and insurance. And that's probably why I'm sitting here today. Um, the first point is that when you collect a lot of data on a property, you're going to have probably something which is a proxy of what you have in the car insurance right now that they call telematics. I'm going to call it buildingmatics for the, for the sake of uh, simplicity. Building metrics well, basically means I want to have the data and the data model. I want to understand what's happening in this building. And this could be used for risk prevention. This could be used for underwriting, scoring. Uh, this could be used also looking at track records about claims, operation, et cetera. At the end of the day, most of that is going to be leveraged by whoever has a use case that needs those data. It could be used to improve the relationship with the end clients. For example, sending alarms. Uh, Hey, dear customer, you have a problem. You better take care of it because I see some uh, discrepancies in your electrical system, for example. It could be used as well uh, in a model. um, Let's say the business model can be a data as a service. So I collect data, but you only consume a set of those data. I can also leverage those data myself and build uh, analytics and only propose uh, a risk score, for example. I give you a risk score for a building. I think for um, a risk model is going to become uh, critical, but at which level an insurer, a broker would delegate the build up of this risk score. They want to have simplified data, they want to have standardized data, but the risk is probably on their side. So if I build a risk from the electrical side, maybe from the insurance, a risk model is not the same. So we need to accept which level of data. So this is data as a service. This is one model. Another model that we foresee that this data is opening opportunities is uh, how do we bridge our product to embedded insurance? Clearly, in that model, the, the fact that we are able to connect to all of our product enables us to consider new services that we can build in partnership with a, a risk management company. And this is very exciting because it's a new service. Of course, it's a recurring service that we can add to our product and we can really increase value to our customer. And then the, the third model is that because we have all of those data now available, how could we help our customers, Uh, to better operate and uh, to better, um, let's say, um, show themselves how they look good in front of their insurer and broker, how they demonstrate that they have a, a very good behavioral in the way they operate their building. Because right now it's mostly about average and standards, but some of the customers are very good. And the one that are willing to connect would have the opportunity to show off, oh, I'm best in class. I want to negotiate my premium. I can demonstrate how good I am in managing my building, managing my risk, managing my property, and I want to have uh, a, a bonus of that, maybe uh, lower deductible or something like this, higher limits, whatever the benefits they want to get, but they can share very interesting data with a broker in insurance to, to, to get better coverage, basically. Yeah, These so are the three cool. models we, we foresee.
0: So with those three models, right, data as a service embedded and serving the customer better, what I can see is the goal is also about using data for more transparency and more accuracy and providing the customer with um, the explainability around why a risk exists, why a premium is a certain level, or maybe when it's not affordable, what else to do to provide that protection and assume bit as well,
1: Cyril. Yes, of course it's, that, but I think it starts with risk prevention because we collect data continuously, we are able to provide alarmings and this is most of the value. That's what it's differentiating, because if you do not have live data, therefore providing historical data, for example, is of almost no use if you have not done the effort to improve the prevention. For instance, give you an example, the insurer asks uh, a building to have a, a, a sprinkler system. Yeah. So he is going to insure and underwrite based on the fact that there is a sprinkler system. Whether the sprinkler w- uh, system works or not during the whole year, he will have no clue. If I connect the sprinkler system, I give live data on that and I can have immediately reaction from the site manager and the insurance can be aware of that situation So that they can take action, make sure they mitigate. Maybe the insurer will buy a risk transfer during the period where the the sprinkler is out of order and the impairment, for example. So there is really a lot of opportunity that you accelerate risk mitigation. At the same time, yes, you can look at your profile, you can look at your improvement, and you show your track record.
0: I found that interesting, right? When you think about insurance, it a, it used to be about risk transfer. You know, I have a risk, I transfer it. Maybe I don't do anything. I don't change anything in my lifestyle and the things I do. But what you are saying now we are moving into risk prevention, where you are providing data and let people know, you know, if you don't do anything, this is higher risk, maybe with a score than if you do a, B, and C. And then you actually drive risk mitigation and probably make people safer, better, enable the insurance company to provide lower prices, no premium for specific risk because they have the data as well. So where do you see our world going, Cyril?
1: Well, it's very interesting. So that's clearly something which we we, we have seen and observed in the, in the insurance market, this trend to say, and maybe PNC is not very profitable and there are lots of uh, challenging situation. But if you turn the coin and you try to be more proactive in the risk reduction, maybe you can really uh, have a great opportunity there. We were starting from um, a consulting business, trying to help our customer to do uh, um, assessment of risk on our electrical domain, whether there is a risk of a uh, unique mode of failure, for example, electrical fire risk, et cetera. We started from consulting and we realized that consulting give great recommendation. They have to follow, be followed by project investments, okay? Um, when you connect monitoring of a transformer, you can do that in some weeks. You don't have to wait one year or two uh, to, uh, to do the project and the, the cost of doing the connection is much lower than doing the big construction repair, et cetera, that very often people just cross the fingers hoping nothing will happen. But monitoring on a transformer, for example, is going to be relatively cheap and you're going to have noticed of the problem before the problem occurred. And then the big money spending will only happen in the last phase where we really, you have to change your transformer because now it's too late, right? You've done everything possible. So that, that's the uh, detect is very important in that case. And it allows to really bring a new value because the customer is hand in hand with a the client. They're really partner with regards to, okay, I want to know my risk exposure. Well, they both want to know the risk exposure, but one is going to pay if there is a claim, if there is a loss, right? The other one is going to suffer for sure. So everybody's aligned on the fact that the, the connection of the electrical system is extremely interesting as an opportunity to provide um, a focused um, application, focusing on, on the largest rate. You're not going to put sensors everywhere for every problem. You need to tackle the one that addresses these specific customers or these sets of customers, for example, in a market segment and so on. Define the IoT application that address the typical problem they have in that market segment. And then the insurer, Is interested to push that in that market segment because he does see the benefits for himself. So this is going to really give him a connectivity point. How do we, a a touch point with a customer on one problem that he has as an insurer or a risk that is high. And and at the same time, he bring a new set of value to his clients because he's not coming anymore. Just I'm doing risk engineering and I give you a score, no, I'm actually doing risk engineering and I tell you, you should be doing that. This would help you. And they do that already, by the way. They recommend sprinkler and they recommend a lot of actions. So it's it's just the next step. We're going now into digitization. It's a new step of the risk engineering.
0: Yeah, and um, one key thing to make that reality possible is also for the business model of insurance to move from static static to dynamic and a lot of the conversation we're having at the moment, Cyril, is what is a dynamic business model so that we can actually do dynamic underwriting, so that we can actually provide the right price to the right customer at the right time. And I think as you said, the capability you're providing with eco-structure allow one to potentially move toward a much more dynamic business model as well. And the other point you made is, you know, I was just talking today with uh, some of my colleagues in the industry. The commercial lines interest, um, the commercial lines combined operating ratio, the core, has been for a long time around for some sector around 120 percent. Now, with the price increase, they were saying to me, it went down to 106, meaning that insurers used to lose lose $20 for every hundred pounds invested in a risk, now is around $6. So looking at all these things, where do you think we should be focusing our attention around the trends and the opportunity that will make our insurance industry leveraging and working with companies like Schneider Electric possible?
1: Well, very interesting. So we, we looked at those ratios and we were really amazed because we are outsider of insurance and we looked at the loss ratio. And I would say, even if we look at, like uh, the, the average 66% loss plus uh, claim handling cost and so on. So we have a big bucket of uh, claim payment, which makes sense. By the way, at the end of the day, uh, the idea is not to make a huge ton of money of customers because they have to buy the insurance, so you have to be competitive. So targeting 66 Now, in this 66 when we look at some market segment, actually, electrical fire has a huge impact. Electrical fire is where we started, and we realized that on some market segment, this is where all started. And we have sets of sensors and connectivity solution with ecostructure that can really help reducing the loss exposure from the insurance, tackling this big part of the losses. That's why we started from that part. We are first a provider of device that can improve electrical reliability. We can help monitor that so that you can see over time. We can predict failure so that we are able to tackle the 66% of uh, the the, the claim uh, that are being paid back to customers by helping them, okay, address your risk, invest into some IoT solution. And of course, the insurer will get the benefits and the end clients will get the benefits as well.
0: So one thing I'm also going to tease you about, Cyril is, you know, Tesla? Tesla has decided to take over insurance and they are doing their own insurance as well. Did you see yourself and Schneider Electric taking over insurance?
1: Well, that would be amazing. Now, um, we talked about embedded. So in that case, uh, we are kind of uh, transferring some risk on a product. What Tesla does is that their full product uh, is a product of insurance by itself. Uh, there isn't really, uh, let's say, a market product for a, an insurance for a transformer standalone. That's part of the machine breakdown type of a Uh, insurance possibility i think um, we would not be an insurer by ourselves by our dna by our balance sheet and so on i don't think it makes sense for a company like us to go in that domain but continuing to partner with uh, a risk transfer solution and and, an insurer or reinsurer, uh, of course is is very attractive because yeah again we see that by being access uh, by having access to all the data that are related to the assets and i think tesla is a good example You know everything about your product, you know exactly what's happening. And if you are able to tackle the risk model because you know how the product behavior is and you know what the failure rate is, then you know how you can position your insurance product on top of it. So yes, eventually, I don't know, uh, there will be some opportunities on some small market segment, I guess, where we could have something like more systematic, but certainly not at the stage where, uh, I mean, Tesla, I mean, the car insurance is a product very well developed, super mature. I don't think the transformer insurance is that much developed and that popular. So it will take time for for getting there. But yeah, it's a trend, that's for sure. (laughs) Thank
0: you so much. I mean, the world you are talking about, which we are seeing right now in insurance is that we need to move to a world where we are basing everything around purpose and value. And also as we design the product and services the customer wants of the future, those are becoming much more real-time and dynamic which means the business models cannot just be owned by one entity anymore. You have to build an ecosystem around yourself of partners who are best, really best at doing the things But you combine them together to serve the customer better at the cheapest price or cost so that you can actually have the the margin and the flexibility, the adaptability to respond to dynamic world we are in.
1: Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, We, uh, by the way, we built Ecostructure and this data as a service and so on. We also did that because we realized that the world of insurance is not a normal business channel for us. It's a new place to go. And what those guys are doing, we look at most of the major ones, they are opening marketplace for providing solutions to their customer. So, of course, we are in discussion with a couple of them to say, how do our offer can fit into this customer portal? How could we interconnect our solution so that you would be able to, automatically, I would say, to benefits from those Schneider products that publish data directly into your platform in a kind of a a completely uh, fluid way without having uh, um, a discussion so that the insurer will be interested to promote specifically those products because they know that they will be natively coming to their data platform. They will uh, have the rescoring, the raw data, whatever they want to have and they will push more of our product and they will access customers from a new angle that we don't access usually. We are not the insurer, so when we talk to a customer, they think we try to sell a product for the product. But if the insurer comes and said, okay, you are paying a premium, but I'd like you to install this sensor and these sensors like they were doing with, with sprinkler, then it's very natural for the customer to say, okay, I'm gonna consider it because they know it's kind of an agnostic recommendation. So that's an area where we see more and more demand going on, depending on the market segment and so on. It's it's not the same everywhere, but there is a trend on that. That's for sure. And that's facilitated through digital. Yeah, that truly digital transformation.
0: So if insurers and startups interested to talking with you, want to reach out, what do
1: they do? What should they do? Well, it's easy, uh, they can reach me out, but I think what we need to uh, uh, have in mind is what is the use case we want to tackle. Let's be very focused. What is a problem that I have identified in the historical insurance data? Where do I lose money? How can I solve a customer pain point? That's where we can help, how those uh, data can help. And what I bring is sensors, but also all the infrastructure and the deployment of the IoT infrastructure we go and install the data collection gateway, we bring the data into the cloud and we make those data available so that our partners, startups, ensure can focus on their core business and they don't have to worry with, I would say, the down part of the data collection.
0: That's superb. So any last word of wisdom, Cyril?
1: Well, I think uh, uh, Schneider is a a, a good proponent, uh, very active in sustainability. And I think in that domain, we still have to explore how we can bring value with our solution into the world of uh, sustainability insurance. That is a big trend. Uh, We've seen recently the insurer. Uh, going out of the uh, uh, United Nations uh, uh, commitment of disclosure. And we see that as, as a surprise for us because we are going to science-based uh, disclosure ourselves for sustainability goals. Uh, we do see that IoT should bring a lot of value in that domain as well, help the insurance domain to uh, uh, to uh, um, transform. Also in scope 3 specifically, helping their customer uh, to reduce their, their CO2 impact. and I would be very interested if we find some ways to partner with some insurer so that our IoT solution can bring value into their own sustainable transformation, but also in their customer sustainable transformation.
0: That's superb. Well, Cyril, thank you. That was very insightful. I know where to reach out to you, but to insurers and startups, make sure you have use cases. And actually we are moving into the dynamic world where when you look at commercial and business interruption, and sensors and data, partly in your area, it's all going to be about on the ecosystem. So I look forward to continuing the conversation in the future, Cyril. Thank you for being with me today.
1: Thank you very much for hosting me, Sabine. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine Van der Linden. Thank you.